Hello, hello, you beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome to the Godly Elements Podcast. My name is Chloe. I am an ambassador of God. It disguises many things. To know any and everything you want about me, check out godlyelements.org and or the link in the description somewhere. <laughs> if you hear jingles, I have three cats. If you hear the air, I have a fan right next to me. It's kind of hot. Um, we don't have the air on, but the fan is just fine so i do apologize if it's a bit noisy in the background however hello this week's message is on rest right so every week i give a message based on what god tells me to uh for the most part i go live on instagram every monday and share it to my youtube short blogs tuesdays podcast wednesdays that are also shared to my youtube Data Blog Thursdays and a normal YouTube video every Friday. So this week's message is on rest. How did this come about? Um, I'm living like in the next week to be honest. I'm never so go and check out the YouTube from Monday um, Godly Elements to really find out the origin of how rest came about. However, many people are being called into the wilderness season right spiritually either we're exiting a wilderness season or we're just getting into it you know so in the book of exodus when moses was was leading the israelites out of the physical wilderness out of bondage out of slavery out of egypt God made an oath that they will never enter into his rest. They will never enter into the promised land because they were disobedient. They were filled with unbelief. Not even Moses was able to enter into the promised land. He was able to see it, but he did not enter into it because of his disobedience, right? He let his flesh get to him. He let his anger take over on what God had told him. So spiritually speaking, Many people will take a four-day journey and stay in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because of unbelief. God had to have the generation that did not believe die off so that their seed can enter into the physical promised land of milk and honey. For us, this is physical as well. You know, we're, we are to acknowledge what is good and evil we are to have discernment we are to put on the armor um to have his spirit to seek first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness so all the other things will be added on to us i believe this is matthew 6 33 i'm not too sure however when we're entering into a um a wilderness when we're getting out of the world when we're getting out of the way that we chose to live our life in the way that we knew how and the things that we created ourselves you know the relationships the jobs the everything really the lifestyle in itself when god calls us we need to unlearn everything that we've known up until that point to learn what it is that god wants of us to learn what it is who god is you know, to really read the Bible and seek understanding, seek spiritual needs. Of course, as babes, we're being fed milk at first. However, if we are truly 
um, growing in the spirit, we're going to graduate to meat. We're going to graduate to potatoes. We're going to graduate to stronger, deeper revelation given by the Holy Spirit, given by children of God. And it'll just fill us. You know, God says that we enter into his rest. And of course, none of us are truly at our stage of perfection none of us are truly at a stage of rest until we are in heaven however while we're on earth doing kingdom work doing all things for god in the purpose that he has revealed to us in our wilderness we're going to experience this rest like we've never had before we don't need to toil we don't need to work hard we don't need to break our sweat we don't need to worry about our finances we don't need to work in the way that we did when we were in the world you know for many people god has called us out of um how do i say he's he's called us to create businesses he's called us to be entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and for others he's called them to be a nurse he's called them to be a realtor he's called them to be a financial advisor he's called them to be whatever it is that he's placed inside of us we know that god has placed gifts and talents inside of us that we have been using for the world that we have been using for the devil scripture states that if we are friends with the world then we are enemies with god we know that god has given the world to satan for a short time for a short time and so that's how he's able to have so much authority however when it comes to god's children scripture states that if you don't have his holy spirit you're not truly his child right so there's some repentance or some seeking there's some um there's some counseling you need from god you know and that's between you and him you need to go into your prayer closet your secret time and just really ask him from a genuine heart like hey what is unrighteous in me what am i doing that is unpleasing in your sight maybe fast and prayer I know when I had first entered into my wilderness season and accepted Jesus Christ in my life, I fasted for three days on all water fast and it tremendously changed my life. It, it shifted something inside of me. You know, I didn't want the same things that I used to. I didn't want to listen to the same things that I used to. I didn't want to dress the same way. You know, it just really changed me. I didn't even want to wear makeup anymore. I used to be very insecure about my acne. I have acne prone skin and now my skin is fairly well. You know, God has led me to use certain oils and things like that. So I don't necessarily need makeup, but back then I felt like I did. I had a narcissistic ex that would make me put on makeup when we would go out in public because he was ashamed of my acne when he had acne too. You know, so this was something that I grew up kind of insecure about and now i'm over here rocking the skin that god has given me i used to hate my hair i have curly hair my mother never taught me how to um, take care of it she right now doesn't really have any hair and so i grew up hating my hair you know i have a really soft spot when it comes to my mother and my childhood and I grew up very insecure, you know, and when I stepped into covenant with Jesus Christ, that is when I became fully confident of myself because I no longer saw myself on how my mother did. I no longer saw myself on how my exes did, on how the world did. 
on how I felt like I should be acting, on how I felt like I should be carrying myself. And I then started to put on the character of Jesus Christ because I saw what God was seeing in me. I saw what God had put in me. And over the time, he keeps revealing more of me to me. You know, I'm at a point where I trust God more than I trust myself. And it's because I truly do trust him. If he says go, I'm going. If he says jump, I'm saying how high, you know? And I always had a problem with trust. I always had a problem with relying on someone. I always had a problem with holding on to something, holding on to someone. I was quick to leave, I was quick to let go. And Jesus has changed my life tremendously. You know, and I'm now in a spiritual rest where it's like, yes, I'm doing all that I can for the kingdom of God. However, at the same time, he does not want me to work a physical nine to five. You know, he wants me to just trust him, to just tend to the business that he's given me and just grow in it and just grow in him spiritually. And so I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried about how is this going to get paid? Where is this going to come from? You know, I, glory be to God, I have been extremely spoiled by my grandfather, my uncle, his friend, and I've never really experienced that type of spoiled before. You know, I was taught to fend for myself. I was taught to speak when spoken to. And so now I am super comfortable. However, I have a lot more to grow. You know, we don't want to be comfortable in a bad way. But when you enter into God's rest, there is a sense of comfort. Yet knowing that you have to go from glory to glory. You know, so today's message was inspired by my personal Bible study. And I'm just going to read this paragraph. It is the NIV version, Hebrews 10, 32 through 39. You know what? Let me read it in the one that I read, which is, no, yeah, that is an every, never mind. <laughs> okay, so Hebrews 10, 32, 39. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteousness one will live by faith and i take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved amen so there are many people that god calls right many are called but few are chosen many people enter into the wilderness and in the wilderness there we are full of temptation you know we're full of all these wicked spirits however god is tugging on us and at the same time the devil is tugging on us the world is tugging on us our old ways our familiarity our bad comfort is tugging on us 
So this really spoke to me. Um, verse 32, remember those earlier days after you have received the light, when you endured in a great conflict, full of suffering. When we are in our wilderness, we are the most vulnerable spiritually. And that is when the devil tries to stop us from reaching into our promised land. Of course, we know that everything happens spiritual first and then in the physical. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning, there's two realms, just to talk about those two. The earthly, the physical, and the spiritual. God says, whatever we bind and loose on earth, he will abide by it and bind and loose whatever it is that we had put in heaven. We have that authority. We have that authority to put Satan under our feet. We have that authority to bind Satan in Jesus' name. And the whole point of the devil attacking us in our wilderness when we're the most vulnerable is because he doesn't want us to come into this realization of what type of authority we really have. He wants us in bondage. He wants us going in circles. He wants us in the rat race. He wants us in lag. He wants us depending on something or someone. Right now, I feel like the government more than ever wants you to depend on them. They want to be your baby daddy. <laughs> you know, they want to whatever. But when we're in the wilderness, especially when we're barely in there, that's when we're going to get tried. That's when we're going to get tribulation. That's when we're going to get all of these fairy darts. And it's in the wilderness that many will not stick to it. You know, even, um, what was it? 39 says, you know, 38 and 39. And, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Scripture says that all we need is faith that says the size of a mustard seed. A mustard seed is one of the tallest shrubs ever that will actually be recognized as a tree. It grows over six feet tall. Right? So, something so small, you have to water it for it to grow. It needs sunlight for it to grow. Scripture is the living water. Scripture is our daily bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the blood. You know, this is the wine that we drink in communion. He's the bread that we eat in communion to really intake in him. So in our wilderness, we should be intaking in Him more than ever. And I'm not just talking about um, communion-wise, but spiritually. Our spirit man is such at a low level because we have been infiltrated by the devil. We have been infiltrated by the world and the people of it for so long that we have to shed off all that we have grown into to then grow into who God created us to be. Scripture says that God formed us, knitted us together in a mother's womb. That he had a plan and purpose for us since before we were born. That his plans are to prosper us. Jesus came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. He came to deliver the word of God, to make a new covenant. Back in the day, I think even now, I don't even know. But back in the day, you could only be a priest through Aaron bloodline, right? And whenever there was a new priest, there was a new law. 
in Hebrews 9 and 10, chapters 9 and 10, it's talking about how in the Old Law, in the Old Testament, people had to give uh, give sins. They had to you know, give sacrifices for their sins once a year. However, that feeling of grief in their conscience never went away. They were never satisfied. It never truly helped them because it was something temporarily. God set up the sacrifices. He was, the, he was actually the first one to make a sacrifice back to Adam and Eve. You know, he killed probably a lamb and he clothed Adam, Adam and Eve because they had fig. They had fig leaves, which got hard and crumbled, you know. So God made the first sacrifice and in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, he made all of these sacrifices and all of these rules and regulations to lead up to Jesus because he is the high priest. He wasn't from the bloodline of Aaron. He wasn't the priest that they were expecting. And since he was a new priest, when you have a new priest, you also come with a new law. With Jesus, we're able to have peace. We're able to have rest. We're able to enter into heaven, you know? Just like the other priests from the old law, they had to make an atonement for the people's sins and themselves. And none of the priests went up into heaven, right? Jesus isn't making a sacrifice for himself every single year. He did it one time. This was a perfect man, a righteous man found without sin. God in the flesh, by the way. And he gave himself as the sacrifice. Priests back in the day would give you gifts. Jesus is the only one that can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light. And if we're walking in him, we will never be in darkness. This is what the devil does not want us to know. So when we're entering into our wilderness, remember those earlier days after you have received the light, which is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, when you endured in a great conflict of suffering. Count it not strange that you're suffering for Christ's sake. You know, scripture tells us to look forward to persecution because persecution brings forth endurance. Salvation is not given to those that accumulate brownie points with God because that's not even being with Him. Salvation is given to those who endure. The only way we're able to endure and strengthen our spirit, man, is through persecution. What does persecution mean? In a general sense, to pursue in a... <laughs> To pursue in a manner to injure, vex, or afflict. To harass with unjust punishment or penalties for supposed offenses to inflict. We know that um, the devil is the adversary, right? He is the one. We know that everything is spiritual. We know that we're not fighting flesh and blood. Ephesians 6.12, which I'm going to go over at the end of this podcast. We know that everything has a spirit behind them. Everybody has a spirit behind them. And if you are not operating in the Holy Spirit, if you're not listening to God, then you are listening and operating in one or more spirits of the devil. When I had done my three-day fast, um, when I was first in the wilderness, I realized I had a lot of spirits in me. 
and I did not know because in the customs that I was in in everything that seemed normal to me was just that normal it was something that was so familiar that I didn't realize it was bad and that's the bad thing you know Satan doesn't want us to step into this realization of the truth to the point where we're unveiled you know scripture says that the veil was torn jesus christ was the veil you know this is in hebrews 10 as well jesus christ was the veil his body was the veil and if you think about it his body was torn to pieces isaiah describes him as ground beef when he was being crucified Imagine seeing a man looking like ground beef that died for you and me. Ground beef. His body was pretty much torn apart. And yet he was the veil. He was the curtain that was torn apart. And through Jesus Christ, when we fully accept him into our lives as our Lord and Savior, he unveils us. He takes off that deceit from our eyes that we have been covered in due to our sin when we didn't even know it many people do not think they're living in sin and yet they're celebrating halloween there's this radio station that is all about jesus right but they're talking about halloween they're talking about christmas and thanksgiving if you look into the origins of these holidays they are wicked the only holidays i have been celebrating are the ones in Leviticus, the biblical holidays that still consist in today's times. Yesterday, in a matter of fact, was the Day of Atonement. Coming up is the Feast of Tabernacles, and then that's it for the year. You know, of course, every once a week, we're to celebrate the Sabbath, and that is what the very first Feast of the Lord. However, when we're persecuted, it is the devil doing this. He does not want us to be unveiled. He does not want us to step into the truth and in God's spirit. He does not want us to operate in the Holy Spirit. He does not want us to be a trumpet for God. He does not want us to lead souls to the kingdom of God. The only true God. You know, Jireh, Jireh, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yeshua. The God of a thousand names. For me, it's truly genuine if I say Jesus Christ, you know, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the great I am. So we know that the devil is the adversary. What does that mean? It is one's opponent in a contest, conflict, or dispute. It is a rival, an enemy, a foe, a nemesis, antagonist, a combatant. <laughs> So these are most definitely the characteristics of the devil. We know that when we are persecuted, it could be from physical people. It is because the devil has sent them. When we are truly God's child, the devil needs permission to even mess with us. Look at the story of Job. God was bragging about Job, calling him righteous and, oh, look at him. Why don't you try him? The devil said, well, you know what? You have your hedge of protection over him. And of course he's gonna he's gonna um he's gonna honor you you've given him everything look at what you've given him job was extremely rich or wealthy in his time he was both rich and wealthy and so the devil was like look at what you've given him of course he's gonna praise you so god was like okay 
you can do whatever you want, just don't take his health. Don't kill him. And so, of course, the enemy did. Came back, and he was like, okay, just don't kill him. And he took his health. And the whole time, Job was being tested because everything that had happened to him was his greatest fear. His wife even told him to curse God and die. God was showing Job who he was truly married to. God was showing Job and proving that his identity wasn't in his children, that he lost all in one day. I think he had like 10 kids. He was proving that Job's identity wasn't in any of the material things and that he would never curse God. He knew that there was a deeper reason. He was bitter for it. His friends comforted him and told him all the great things that God had done for him until a young man was used for God to speak through and really set Job straight. And then Job was rewarded double. So when we are persecuted, when we are tested, when we are in a trial, it's a test. Are you going to turn back to the world and give in that easy? Or are you going to build your spirit, man, and know that there's a higher purpose, there's a higher calling, there's a higher reward spiritually? Scripture says that all that we suffer for Jesus' sake, we will be rewarded in his glory. Our treasures are stored up in heaven. It doesn't matter if you have a $5 million mansion and 10 luxury cars and whatever you want. If it is taken away from you today, would you be the same person and praise God as when you had received them? Temptations, trials, tribulations are all of the devil to build endurance, to enter into the supernatural rest that only God can provide. Jeremiah 6, 16 through 20, the message version. God's message yet again. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road and tried and true road. Then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. But they said, nothing doing. We aren't going that way. I even provide a watchman for them to warn them to set off the alarm. But the people said, it's a false alarm. It doesn't concern us. And so I'm calling in the nations as witnesses, watch witnesses, what happens to them, and pay attention, earth. Don't miss these bulletins. I'm visiting, ca <laughs> I'm visiting catastrophic, catastrophe. <laughs> I'm visiting catastrophe on these people, the end result of the games they've been playing with me. They've ignored everything I've said had nothing but contempt for my teaching but what i want with incense brought in from sheba wear spices from exotic places your burnt sacrifices and worship give me no pleasure your religious rituals mean nothing to me so in this this is jeremiah we know that jeremiah was a young man that was sent to warn the people because god was getting ready to do his thing you know vengeance is mine says the lord so that's exactly what he went out to do. He went out to warn the people, and what did they say? Doing nothing. We aren't going that way. It's a false alarm. It doesn't concern us. And Jeremiah was just like, don't miss these bulletins. I'm visiting catas catastrophe 
on this people the end result of the games they've been playing with me they've ignored everything i've said and had nothing but contempt for my teaching god doesn't want the burnt sacrifice he doesn't want the incense he doesn't want these religious rituals that they mean nothing to him many people are trying to go to god in the wrong way many people are asking god in the wrong heart posture many god many people are going to God not because they truly want to seek salvation, not because they want to grow spiritually, not because they want His Spirit, but for their own gain. You know, that's why so many people give in to the devil. It's like, what's in it for me? The devil says, Oh, you know what? I could give you the world, I could give you wealth and fame, I could give you money, not wealth, I could give you money and fame, I could give you this and that. All you have to do is worship me. And they're like, Okay. And we see this everywhere it's becoming so visible that it's hard for you not to see the light from the darkness if you're not able to see that you need discernment you need to see god discernment is a gift or a fruit or a love of the spirit it is something of god's spirit it is something that every believer has to have how are you not going to know good from evil how are you not going how are you then going to make the right decisions if the enemy was to come and whisper in my ear, oh, go and do this and that, that's that's what you used to do. That's what you know you're good at. That's what you know will work. And God is saying, be patient. Be patient. Your time will come. If I didn't know the difference from good and evil, I would go with the one that seemed appealing. Scripture says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? God is the only one that could send you to hell or heaven. God is the only one that will judge you. God is the only one that will say, I don't know you. He has to see his son in us. We have to take on Jesus Christ, which is the arm of God, which I'm going over at the end of the podcast. If he does not, scripture, somewhere scripture says, only Jesus knows the father and God knows the son, right? Only they know each other. So if we put on Jesus Christ, God knows us because he sees his son in us. And Jesus, he intercedes for us. He interceded for us and it's open for everybody. However, how many people are actually taking it? God is saying, hey, look, ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road, then take it. Discover the right route for your souls. But what do the people say? nothing doing we aren't going that way i even provided watchmen for them to warn them to set off the alarm but the people said it's a false alarm it doesn't concern us so god of course destroy that land every time that there is a destruction in the lands biblically um 2022 anywhere god sends out his people to warn Jesus is coming back soon. Many people are being awakened. Many people are being used by God. Many people are being shaken up and at that crossroad where they have to make a choice. Are you going to follow the living God? Or are you going to stay in darkness? Are you going to stay in deceit? Scripture says that if you do not hearken into his words, that God is going to be the one to put this deception over you. You're going to think you're doing good. You're going to think you're walking with God. And truly, you're only deceiving yourselves. 
because you do not want to grow spiritually you do not want to give up your old ways you do not want to give up your habits that are comfortable to you are we not called to be a soldier of god a soldier of jesus christ what are the responsibilities of a soldier they are responsible for penetrating deep within enemy lines to engage in raids assaults and special recon reconnaissance i can't say that word they also seize or demolish enemy dot 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 this is work dot cron c-h-r-o-n dot com interesting they are responsible for penetrating penetrating deep within enemy lines to engage in raids assaults and special something does the sword of god which is a word not penetrate deep into our souls does it not separate bone and marrow does it not separate or is it flesh and marrow <laughs> does it not separate spirit and soul does it not be the one to divide good and evil does it not be the one to really distinguish who are the children of god we are to be soldiers of jesus christ putting on the armor of god every single day which is jesus A normal day for an active duty soldier consists of performing physical training, work within the military occupational specialty, MOS, and basic soldier skills. Physical training consists of cardiovascular exercises as well as strength training. MOS is a job a soldier performs on a daily basis. If you've ever known anybody in the military, um, you know the basic duties of a soldier, right? of an actual soldier. Where I live, one of the biggest um, bases is over here. So there are a lot of military people, a lot of people from everywhere. And it's very common to run into a soldier. My grandfather served infantry 37 years, um, E9. You know, he wanted to stay with the men. And so I know a fair amount about the military. I'm not, I have no care for it, to be honest. However, they protect. They protect their country. They guard, they defend, you know? So taking this into the spirit, we're to defend the gospel. We're to die for the gospel, be martyrs. We are to proclaim the good news, to share our testimonies, to bring in souls. When soldiers go out, they're helping their own. You know, it's you against the enemy. And when they see one of their men down, they pick him up. They get him into safety. They get him into rest. And they go back out and fight. Scripture states that it's better to have a spiritual partner. That when one falls, the other can pick him up. You know, unless you have nobody and there's nobody to pick you up. So, soldiers, they are very well disciplined. You know, they wake up super early, they go to PT, personal training, and they're doing the thing. You know, they have their job, whatever they do, their MOS, and they're, they're on guard. You know, a lot of these men that go out to war, to real war and battles, they come back with all this trauma because they don't know Jesus. When we go to war, it's in the spirit. We're fasting and praying, we're interceding for people, we're taking on God's authority through God who gives it to us we're putting Satan under our feet 
and we're claiming all the things that God has told us. We're taking hold of it. We're binding all that God has for us and we're losing all that isn't. In Jesus' name. So, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the message version. A fight to the finish. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws away. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, for a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it is all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them so you need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time. Telling the mystery of one and all. The message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Amen. Amen. The message version just hits it's different on some scriptures, you know, it's, uh, so just to close out, I have three more scriptures and then, um, play back a few times, really get it, build your spirit, man, build your spirit, man. Second Corinthians 1, 5 through 6. For as we share, this is, these are in ESV. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comforts too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. John 15, 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, keep my, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. 1 Peter 5, 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Amen. I love you, you beautiful, beautiful people. Choose to be kind, choose to be well, and I'll see you next time.